The scripture lesson for today is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 19 to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me well in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor men like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. This ends the reading of God's holy word. Let me uh, start this morning by uh, thanking Janet Myers, who played the music for our visual prelude this morning. And thank you to everyone who contributed uh, lots of pictures of um, flowers and their, their landscaping and their gardens. Uh, I know there were some others that tried to send things and we couldn't quite get uh, those pictures uh, downloaded. Um, and there were a lot of other pictures to kind of uh, wade through. We didn't include everything that was sent in. So thank you so much for your contribution towards that effort uh, and a way for us to worship with one another and maybe to be thinking about worship throughout the week, seeing the, those flowers, seeing uh, the nature around us and reflecting on God's glory. And so we had that opportunity to share those together. So far, we have been working through this uh, book of Philippians, this letter to the Philippians over this summer. And thus far in our study, Paul has shared how his own imprisonment has advanced the gospel. He's encouraged the Philippians to imitate Christ, uh, who became as a servant. Paul has also encouraged the Philippians to uh, be united and to work out their salvation in fear and trembling. And last week we looked uh, at how we do that without grumbling and complaining. And I got to be honest with you, that grumbling and complaining, that's a, that's a tough thing. There's a lot to grumble and complain about right now. And, you know, the, even this week, um, I found my 
catch, I had to catch myself a couple of times with the, the grumbling and complaining, and I think I, I had to keep thinking, you know, somebody preached a sermon about that. You heard something about that recently, about that grumbling and complaining. Um, and so that part has been working on me this whole week. With all the, the deep spiritual implications, it would be easy for us to skip over these next uh, set of verses because it seems like they're kind of personal interactions, they're personal plans that Paul has, they're, they're, they're personal things that have happened to Epaphroditus and, and Timothy and, and Paul, and, and maybe we don't think that they have a lot of implications for our life 2,000 years later. There may be some interesting personal details but I think there is important discipleship details in these verses as well. And so as we take a look at these this morning, would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you that we can look in on this letter. That we can see um, the deep theology that, that's there for us that we can see the, the practical implications of working out our salvation, of being united, the, the challenge of not grumbling and complaining and, and working together. But I thank you, too, for these personal details between Paul and this beloved group of believers in Philippi that we can continue to look on their life, how they lived out their faith and we can find encouragement and, and challenge for our own lives. I pray that the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts would be pleasing to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in these verses, Paul begins by uh, sharing some plans to send Timothy to visit the Philippians. Paul wants to send Timothy uh, ahead of his own planned visit to see how this letter to the Philippians is going to be received and how it's going to impact their life in the church in Philippi. Paul says that unlike others who, he says, have preached out of envy and rivalry, he talked about that in chapter 1, he talks about those that have acted out of selfish ambition or vain conceit in Earlier in chapter 2, he talks about those who have grumbled and argued in chapter 2, verses 14. But he says, in contrast to them, he infers that Timothy doesn't look out for his own interests, but instead has at heart the things of Jesus Christ. See, Timothy had become Paul's right-hand man. Paul talks about Timothy as having the same mind as Paul. And Paul sees Timothy as his spiritual son. And so what we see in the life and, and the partnership of Paul and Timothy is a pattern of discipleship. Paul works with Timothy and that relationship begins by Timothy watching what Paul's doing. And then later they have opportunity to do it together, to work together. And then eventually Paul is going to send Timothy out and Paul's going to sit back and watch 
Timothy do it? And so there's this, this pattern of discipleship from, from the mentor side of it, from the, the teacher side of it. Paul says, you watch me do it, and now we'll do it together. And then eventually, I want to watch you do it. I want you to practice it. And I'll sit back. I'll, I'll continue to, to offer some advice, some, some guidance. But you need to get out there, and you need to put it into practice. We see this with, with Jesus, uh, particularly in Luke chapter 10. You know, Jesus lived with his disciples. They, they heard his teaching. They saw his miracles. They were there for uh, these, these interactions. And so they start to see Jesus and how he lives it out. They hear him proclaiming the good news. But in Luke 10, Jesus sends out 70 of his followers to go and to proclaim good news. And so he sends them out to put it into practice. And he tells them how to go into the, the town, how to um, bring the good news, and, and he even tells them what to do if they want nothing to do with it. And when they return, you know, some of them are super excited about the results of preaching the good news. This is, this is amazing. We, we've casted out demons. We, we've, we've seen people healed. We, we've seen some really amazing stuff. And Jesus debriefs with his followers when they've returned. You know, I think each of us needs a Paul figure in our lives. Someone who continues to, to mentor us and, and stretch us. You know, for me, that continues to be uh, my, my ministry mentor, Jim Wren, a uh, retired minister who continues to uh, give encouragement and, and speak into my own life. Um, I, I'm blessed in that m my father is uh, a mentor in ministry and being a father and a husband and all of that. And so I, I look up to my dad still. Um, I have other authors and, and theologians that I read and that uh, I would consider as, as mentors from a distance. Maybe they don't know that they're those mentors, but they continue to, to speak into my life and to encourage and, and challenge me. But you know, I think if we're following Jesus, if we're seeking to, to follow this model of discipleship, we also all need a Timothy. Somebody that we are encouraging to grow. Somebody that we are nurturing and mentoring in their faith. We all need a Timothy. Someone that we can invest in. Because I think anyone that's, that's taught um, a Sunday school class or, or taught in any kind of way can, can attest to the fact that often we learn most through teaching, through the, the preparation that goes into presenting a lesson. Um, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of um, thinking and praying that even goes into a sermon that you never have to sit through. Uh, sometimes my kids have to sit through that, um, or sometimes Katie has to, to listen to that. But often, you know, we don't include all of that information on Sunday morning. And so we learn by teaching, by, by helping others grow. And so Timothy, the disciple, he had accompanied Paul on his missionary travels. 
At different times, Timothy got special assignments from Paul to go to cities as a a type of representative of Paul. We know that Timothy spent a long time in Ephesus with Paul. Now here, Paul's plans to send Timothy in advance of his own visit. And Timothy has a a genuine concern for the things that matter to Jesus. Timothy is not just trying to build up his own reputation. He's not just trying to look out for his own interest to make sure that he's taken care of. He looks out for the things that matter to Jesus. I think there's an awful lot of things in our world, and there's an awful lot of things going on right now that distract us from the things that matter to Jesus. Caring for the lost and the least and the the disenfranchised, those that uh, need uh, to hear good news. The need to know that Jesus is about making all things new. And so Timothy is a faithful companion to Paul. And there's all kinds of reasons why it would probably be better or at least safer for Timothy to stop hanging around with Paul. I mean, all the messes that Paul gets him and Timothy into. And and there's this one instance in in Acts where uh, Timothy even has to be circumcised in order to continue to be in ministry. And so uh, Timothy's been through a lot. It would probably be safer for him to stop hanging around with Paul. And I met a guy uh, a number of years ago, a a pastor friend introduced us. and, And so this other guy knew that I was a pastor. And the first thing he said when we were introduced to one another was, when did you realize your need for Christ? That's, that was his first line. Not hello, not hey, nice to meet you. That was his first line. And, and I, had to, I stepped back and I said, okay, this guy is a, a straight shooter. And um, I, I said to him in response, I said, well, you know, I grew up in the church. And so I guess I've always had an awareness of Jesus. And I've grown in that realization. So I don't have a, a time and a date that I necessarily point to. You know, I think the gospel points to one event, uh, the life of Jesus. And so the gospel and and salvation is not about comparing our stories to see who has the better story. If you've come to Jesus at an aha moment and you can point to that time and that date and that place, that's wonderful. But if your story is about ups and downs and coming and going and times of unfaithfulness and times of faithfulness and, and you're finding your way in Jesus and it's more of a process, man, that's a wonderful thing too. But anyway, I asked this, this gentleman, I said, well, where do you go to church? Where, where's your home church? And he said, oh, I don't, I don't go to church. I don't do the church thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that that's a lot easier at times. I'm going to guess that that gentleman had fewer disagreements with people. If he just stood back and tried to figure out everything by himself, I'm sure it was safer. 
I'm just not sure it's faithful to what Jesus calls us to as far as being in a relationship with the body of Christ to have mentor folks teaching and bringing us along to have others that we're investing our life in. We're called to be co-workers for the kingdom, to co-labor with one another. The fellowship, the the koinonia is the, the Greek word, the body of Christ, the community of faith. See, Timothy was a courageous co-worker for the kingdom. And he had at heart the things Jesus had at his heart. He was a faithful co-laborer with Paul for the kingdom. There's another disciple person in these verses. Epaphroditus. We know far less about Epaphroditus and his life. We know that he was sent by the Philippians to bring a financial gift to Paul and to support the work with Paul. And we know that he has gotten sick at some point, either on the way to Paul or maybe once he had arrived. You know, you and I often assume that if we get sick, we are going to get better. But in the ancient world, if you got sick even what we would consider something relatively mild today, it was often a death sentence in the ancient world. And so Epaphroditus gets sick. We know that he does get close to death, but he recovers. And the Philippians, his sending church, are worried about him. And Epaphroditus is concerned because they're concerned. Because of the situation, Paul is grateful for Epaphroditus, but thinks that it's best to send him back home. And Paul commends him as a brother, as a co-worker, and a fellow soldier. You know, some scholars suggest that this is not the intended outcome that the Philippians had in mind when they sent Epaphroditus to co-labor with Paul. In verse 29, Paul instructs the Philippians to welcome him with great joy and to honor people like him. Paul honors the fact that Epaphroditus faced a serious obstacle in his desire to faithfully serve Jesus. But it's possible and and probable this is not the outcome. They didn't plan on Epaphroditus getting sick It's possible that they intended him to stay and support Paul for a much longer time. See, things don't always go according to plan. No one planned on him getting sick. No one planned on him coming home that soon. None of us planned on a pandemic and on the disruption to life as we knew it. It's interesting that months ago, before this all started, we were praying as a church to be obedient to God's vision for Spring Creek. We prayed for fresh expressions of being the church and wham, pandemic. And so we were praying for fresh expressions. We were praying to be obedient and none of us dreamed that this is what it was going to look like. I've thought a couple times, God, 
We were, we were praying to be obedient. We were praying to, you know, have some freshness and, and a fresh vision of what things were going to look like. But this is not what we meant. This isn't what we thought it was going to look like. See, serving Jesus does not remove the obstacles of life. And so as I read this, this passage, knowing that this is probably not what the, the Philippians had sent Epaphroditus for. They, didn't, they maybe thought he was going to be there a little longer. He, he's achieved part of the mission. But he doesn't accomplish fully what they thought was going to happen. So does that mean he's a failure? Absolutely not. Paul says, receive him with joy. Honor those who are willing to risk their life like he did. Epaphroditus is a courageous co-worker for the kingdom. He says, he risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not come and give. And so we need to be courageous co-workers alongside one another now more than ever. Things aren't going the way we thought they would. You know, back at the beginning of the year, uh, our ministry and worship uh, ministry team, M&W, talked about having a joined service over the summer. This is not how we expected that service to look like. We were praying for guidance in how to remain rooted in our faith, heritage, and traditions and honestly, that's been a challenge. We, we tried to figure out how to do love feast, which is something so important to us. But that often means being with one another as the gathered body of Christ. And gathered body of Christ looked very different back in the spring. We believe that Worship happens in community, not as a spectator worship, not as individuals off by themselves. And that's really hard right now. We prayed for new expressions of being church. We didn't know it would include this. We prayed for the congregation to use their gifts. And you know what? We found gifts that we didn't know we had and frankly, that we didn't know we needed. But here we are. And so how do we continue to take Paul's words to the Philippians? How do we take Paul's example of, of Timothy and Epaphroditus as examples of faithfully co-laboring for the kingdom? Having a heart for the things that are at the center of Jesus' heart. I think this is a big challenge for us as the church in 2020. I thought, you know, there were all kinds of churches, and we were one of them that preached some kind of 2020 vision sermon early in the year. None of those sermons included what's going on now. How do we find encouragement in these verses? To Continue to work with one another for the kingdom. 
to remain faithful to Jesus, to remain faithful to who he's called us as his people to be? How do we continue to work at discipleship with one another, even if we can't always be physically present with one another? We need to continue to look for these opportunities, continue to have an imagination for how we can continue to work with one another, even when things don't go according to our plans. We're going to pause a moment to reflect on how God is speaking to us this morning. So I invite you just to sit and listen and think about it this morning. Timothy nor Epaphroditus knew exactly the challenges they would face as they continued to spread the good news. And we see that Epaphroditus had to change plans because of illness. 
Paul's plan to visit the Philippians will ultimately not come to fruition as he's executed by the empire. We can't always control the situations around us. But isn't that a little bit of how, what we teach our kids? You can't control how others act. You can only control how you act. Church, what we can do is remain faithful to Jesus. To keep the things and the people that were close to Jesus' heart, close to each of our hearts and close to our heart as a church through the expected obstacles and the unexpected changes in plans, may we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, our King and our Savior. Grace and peace to you, Spring Creek. Hope you have a great week. You're invited back this evening for our pop-up praise outdoor service. Grace.